You're listening to the Potluck Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of Commerce Football. Welcome back to the Potluck Podcast, and welcome back to the old front porch. You can hear the crickets chirping. It's a beautiful night here in northeast Georgia to record outside, so why not do it? We got week three results coming up on this pod from the Commerce Tigers and others around the area and state. But first, we do have some college football returning. That would be SEC football returning this Saturday, folks. Let's get right to it. nothing like the SEC on CBS theme music to really set the mood for some football. Uh, that gets me fired up just listening to it. Every time I listen to it in this weather lately, man, gosh, this is, this is straight football. Uh, but that's not why we're here to talk about SEC on CBS. We're here to talk uh, Georgia high school football. And as always, with the recap episode, we will start where we left off. Uh, the potluck boys were in attendance. Yep. We did sneak our way into that into that stadium on last Friday night. Uh, Uncle Son, what did we see out there uh, before the game at Slaughter Field? Well, Friday night it was it was really a great night for football. Uh, this was the first night of the year where it really felt like football season. Uh, I wore I wore jeans, you know, and that that makes me happy. So uh, I, we were out there, and there there was a, a really large crowd for commerce it's almost like impossibly large like i wish i'd have taken account um because of the the ticket allotment that we got but we had more fans there than athens academy did and uh we were loud you know and and it, commerce displayed itself well on friday night um it's kind of a weird start i we, we got there what probably seven o'clock walked across Athens Academy's got construction going on right now for their new field house. Yeah, and that looks like a – it looks real good. Yeah. Honestly, it, it looks like they're building a pretty nice little little setup there in the, in the end zone. Yeah, it's right out of the end zone. It's kind of like Jefferson's. It's the Architecturally, it's a lot like Jefferson's new field house. But it, it'll be really cool when it gets done. But we had to walk around through that construction zone, which was, was kind of weird. Uh, you had to come in on the home side. Um, it always reminds me of, like, how much I don't like being on that home side. But that used uh, to be the only way. That used to be the only way. Back in the day. And when you go get concessions over there, I still kind of get that feeling. But uh, coming in through there, we, we came through, and then like 7 o'clock we're watching things happen. And, and Athens Academy opens up with this weird like highlight film, and the backup music is like Take On Me, uh, classic like 80s song. Which was which was weird for a football game. Put me in a weird mood, and then the cheerleader sign broke, and we lost the toss, and uh, we got the ball first. They they deferred, which was a weird move for Athens Academy. They deferred, we took the ball, uh, and then they got the ball at the second half. So it was a weird start there in Athens on Friday night. It was it was strange, uh, and like you said, the take on me. I think that put it over <laughs> the top. Uh, just an odd game, odd odd thing to play before the game. So. Um, but no, yeah, Commerce did. They they received 
great first drive that unfortunately ended with a lost fumble. Yes. Uh, we really had, had some things going for us on that first drive. Got into Athens Academy territory. It was a classic, you know, triple option mm-hmm. drive. I mean, you're just grinding away, grinding away, and just getting yards, getting mm-hmm. yards, getting yards. Um, a little at a time, not making mistakes. And then uh, it, it was a third down anyway, mm-hmm. and we were on the, about the 30. Um, no, we. I think we got down to about the ACAD 45, and I was thinking it was fourth and short. But was it fourth and short? I think so. It was a play where it was kind of make or break anyway. So yeah. it, the fumble, the, the loss of the fumble wasn't that big of a deal. It just – it. It, it was a bad cap on what was a good drive. Yeah, it was classic commerce football. We never had a negative play. Yeah. And, like, every play at the end of the play, I was getting more and more excited because I thought we were marching down to put six in the end zone. So – or six on the scoreboard. But, um, yeah, it was a big tackle that forced the fumble. Yeah. We ran option left. Uh, Trey Huff got hit before he knew it, and he pitched the ball. Uh, I think it was Sammy – it hit Sammy's hands and fell out, but it, it basically worked out to be like, a, honestly, it was almost was it like Sammy a punt. Or Sherman? Was it might have been Sherman. I, I it can't was one remember. Of the two. It was one of those two slot backs, but either way, the the result was the same, and the momentum shifted yeah. from there. Yeah, um, Athens Academy taking over on downs there, uh, showed their talent early, hitting uh, Dion Colsey for a long one. Um, that drive ultimately ended in a Spartan score, seven to nothing, mm-hmm. Athens Academy. Uh, I thought that we did make some good adjustments on Colsey. So, Deion Colsey, as we mentioned last week, is a a great wide receiver, a big talent. He looks like he's either going to Notre Dame or Georgia. He's going to yeah. make that call at the end of the month, mm-hmm. it looked like. Um, hopefully we'll be seeing him in red and black because he certainly is a good talent. Yeah, he is. He he was impressive physically. And we felt like he didn't even play like to his full potential. Yeah, um, he didn't play the whole game. And so. again, I mean, again, it, I think some of those adjustments had had a little bit to do with that. Maybe, maybe. Um, we did make an adjustment after he had kind of uh, had a few big gains and a touchdown, and uh, put Tylen Brock over there. We mm-hmm. had Creed Dunbar mostly shading kind of over the top, and that really sort of kind of limited him in the second quarter, especially. Yeah, Tylen did a great job. Uh, he showed why he is an all-state caliber player on defense. Um, Friday night, which was not the role that we expected him to be in this year. But he, he came out and shut Colsey down. There were a couple of big third downs that uh, that Colsey – Big truck. Big truck going by. <laughs> big truck going by. Loud muffler. This is the, this is the pause here. You just got to watch it go. <laughs> you won't get that anywhere else, folks. All right. <laughs> Back. Back at it. Uh, we were talking about Colsey um, and the adjustments we made. Yeah, so uh, so Brock, preseason All-State, um, he comes out and he's on defense now. And he, he kind of shut Colsey down there in the second quarter. Um, if you were at the game, like read, just reading Colsey's stat lines, you don't see this. But at the game, you know, we were, we were playing classic commerce defense, like bend, don't break. You know, th- the philosophy is give – set your corners – off the line of scrimmage a good bit, give a good cushion, keep every keep the tackles in front of you, keep the receivers in front of you, and force the quarterback to make a mistake. That's the way that Commerce traditionally defends passing teams. Is it, it goes back to that old Ray Lamb philosophy that there's only three things that can happen when you throw the ball, and two of them are bad. You know, you can get a completion, which is a good thing, or you can have an incompletion or an interception. Mm-hmm. And at the high school level, usually you don't have quarterbacks that are yeah. good enough 
to, to play all game without making mistakes, and we've seen that in the past two games. We've seen interceptions. We've seen drop passes. We've seen overthrown balls. We've seen all those things from Union County and Banks County, and not t- taken away from those guys, but they're just not on the same level that Palmer Bush is at Athens Academy with the coaching that they have. And so we, we went out in traditional commerce fa- fashion and played with a cushion. But what Athens Academy was able to do is go out and run the route, take that yardage from the cushion, throw the ball, and complete it over yeah. and over and over again. So our coaches made a great adjustment. This is something that in the stands we got excited about when we saw it. It's like, yeah, they got Tylen in man coverage. So we put Tylen on the line of scrimmage basically and told him to defend Colsey. Don't let him catch the ball. And he ran stride for stride with him. And you said he got safety help. He right. got a little bit of safety help in that nickel that we were running. But he held his own. He did. And, and hard for him to do with the size advantage. Like we mm-hmm. mentioned, Colsey, I mean, 6'4". What's yeah. Tylen? Everybody at <laughs> a 5'8", maybe? 5'8", 5'9". He's I mean, not. fast as lightning. He ain't going to get by yeah. him. But at the same time, you're giving up a huge advantage, yeah. length and arm, arm, arm reach. So definitely a good adjustment. Yeah. Um, something we were pretty, pretty impressed with. And something that we're equally disappointed with when Tylen got hurt there in the third quarter. Um, you know, he came out of the game, and we had to kind of change our game plan. Um, what Athens Academy did when we kind of shut down Colsey was they started going to their secondary receivers. We saw them in the first half. They, they, they stopped throwing to Colsey as much and went to the other receivers on the other side. Uh, they would usually run Colsey on one side and then uh, twins or, or trips on the other side, and they'd hit mm-hmm. that slot. Yeah. Or they'd hit the the flanker, um, so you know hats off to them for coaching a great game, playing a great game. But I I thought we made a great coaching call there, putting Tylen on on Colsey. I did as well. Uh, to go back into the second quarter, Spartans went up fourteen to nothing. Uh, that's before Sammy Brown's ninety five yard kickoff return certainly <laughs> tightened the gap uh, to fourteen to seven at the half. Yep. So uh, that Sammy Brown run, if you haven't seen it, it's it's like a classic commerce football run. Um, we all kind of took a gasp when the ball went into his hands because he muffed the muffed the reception, but he picked it right up and he started running to his right. And uh, I I think he broke three or four tackles on the way to the end zone. And uh, commerce, the other commerce Twitter, they they posted uh, like the audio from it, and you could actually hear the referees talking about how fast. Sammy was like in the end zone. They gave up on it. They stopped running because they knew they wasn't going to catch it. Right. And a brief pause for that. That is going to be lose used play of the game, of course. Uh, shout out to Sanders Furniture downtown <laughs> Commerce. Unfortunately, Lewis is, as we have gotten some requests and some questions about who Lewis Sanders is, <laughs> well, he's actually no longer at the at the used department there at Sanders. No. But you can still go up and see Dave and Jennifer. If you need some furniture there at Sanders Furniture, that is lose use play of the game. Second time for Sammy, right? Is it the third straight week for Sammy? Maybe third straight he's, week. He's I'm... racking in the clocks, folks. We gotta get we gotta get Lou to start making the <laughs> so clocks. Can he we have, tell a quick... he have three clocks hanging down the wall right now? Can we tell a quick Lewis Sanders story? Sure. What a great guy. So we can tell, we can tell as many as we want. We can do whatever we want. Lou, That's why we're here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. This is our show. So Lou, if you guys don't know. Lou's the guy, um, he used to come to Commerce Tiger Games and wear this awesome 
like tiger printed yeah, smoking jacket. Tiger stripes smoking jacket. You would see Lewis Sanders Almost, strutting. Yeah. He would strut up and down the up the, and down the stands and they'd be like, Hey, who's that? In that tiger jacket. That's oh, that's Lewis Sanders. Legend. But Lou played for Commerce way back in the day. Actually it was all state, I believe. Uh, I think he played guard. Um, but one thing that he would do, this explains the clock comments. One thing that he would do is he, as he got older, is he made clocks. He custom made clocks for people with calendars too. With calendars on the clocks, little, little wood and, pieces. Uh, he made the the trophy for the Commerce Jefferson rivalry series, and it was a clock. Absolutely. And it, on one side, it had the Commerce Tigers. And the other side, it had the Jefferson Dragons. And each year, he would go in and he would alter the clock and put who won the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would give the clock to the coach that won the game to hang in their office for that year. And I always remember it. 06, we, we would go into Coach Savage's office and there would be the clock. I wonder where the clock is now. That's something we need to do an investigative report and if find ever, the Commerce if Jefferson If we ever clock. get a studio, which would be a shame. <laughs> I mean, we want to record on this front porch until the day we die, maybe a few days after. But we should get that clock on our hands somehow. Anyways. It has to be at Jefferson, right? I think we may should give it to Sammy if he gets more illusions. <laughs> he just earns the clock. Hanging in his office or in his, uh, in his room. Uh, so uh, back to the game. <laughs> Back to the ball game. Uh, the Spartans came out in the second half running the ball, uh, mm-hmm. which was definitely different than the first half. Right. And really they drove kind of right down the field. Some small pieces, some bigger chunks of yardage. It was really a great kind of six- to seven-minute drive that made the, a statement immediately. Yeah, I think Bush kind of – he had, he was highlighted in this drive. They came out in a double-tight set. Um, it almost looked like something you would see in the Big Ten – I formation, yeah. double tights, uh, mm-hmm. I think a split in. I may be wrong about that. But they would come out and they just run the ball. Another car. B- busy night on my road tonight, folks. Busy night. There Not a goes. truck this time, but busy night nonetheless. <laughs> SUV. But uh, so they came out in that double tights and they just they ran the clock. They ran the clock. They ran the clock. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we – adjusted to it because that's more what we're used to as, as a defense, you know, defending the run. But uh, ultimately they did score. Right, and they made it 21-7. to and, and really that drive, it just, man, that, that grinds on you right out of the mm. gate, you know, for on a defense when, it, when you come out and give up seven more. And not only that, but you were on the field for, you know, six to seven minutes. Yeah, we got tired on defense. Yeah. And that was one thing. For, Single A ball, Commerce Tigers, we play people both ways. Right. We want the best 11 on the field all the time. And in the second half, you and I both saw that the fatigue started to set in. Yeah. Physically, this was the most physical game that we've played in. Um, hats off to Athens Academy. They've got three great defensive linemen that were yes. showcased. Very good. Um, let's see, Ferguson and then Laughlin. Uh, and Holt, the yeah. nose man. Talking about a, a play, great play in the game. I saw Holt burst through an A-gap, and I don't know if he was unblocked and that was a bust or what, but he nearly murdered Draylon Martin. I big mean, guys, I, too. I think people heard that hit back in commerce. Because big, big D-lineman. All probably 280-plus. Yeah. I mean, these guys are going to play college ball somewhere, and uh, they really worked on our offensive line. Yeah. Um. And Athens Academy, they knew how to defend the option. You you said earlier eight nine in the box. I think sometimes it was more like eleven. 
Yeah. And they're they're all coached really well, and they know how to defend. So they would go in, and the backside would pursue, like, extremely hard. And that, that can k- cut your running lanes down. And we kind of – Yeah, and, and they really weren't guessing. No. You know, like sometimes teams like to do that – Get a little cocky. We're better than you. We got yeah. better players. Let's just go ahead and try to guess what the option's going to be. That's they, when you get in trouble. They played they assignment never, football. They never, they never were guessing. They were, they were just reading their keys, mm-hmm. just right, right there in the play, almost every time. Um, so twenty-one to seven uh, in the third quarter. There, Commerce offense never really gained a whole lot of traction the rest of the night. Um, like we said, against that stout Athens Academy front line, that kind of front eight or nine that they they uh, presented to the Tigers, we only managed sixty-seven yards of total offense yeah. on Friday night. A lot of three and outs, a lot of penalties. Um, but I will say another car. Another car. What is that? That's a beat that's a beat up truck. <laughs> it's there, making a lot of noise. Uh, there must be a party going on. There's <laughs> never this many cars. I didn't get invited, but there's never this many cars. Uh, this late at night. But anyways, yeah. Um, um but what I was gonna say, I think, was uh <laughs> I was talking about the sixty seven total yards. So sixty seven total what I was uh commerce, you know, when you look at the stat lines Athens Academy had what, like 500 yards total offense or something like that. We had 67, um, 24 to seven total score. Look at time of possession, three and outs. Those all are great indicators that Athens Academy dominated this game. But when we were watching the game, I didn't really feel like Commerce was ever out of it until the very end. We were in there physically. We played tough with these guys. We were a scrappy team. Mm-hmm. We just got we they they're just a they were just a better team than us that night. Right. And uh, and I'll kind of tell you when, when I kind of – when it kind of went south a, l- a little bit more was the – so it was 21-7. to 7, the dri- We finally got some traction, it, it felt like. Uh, we were moving the ball kind of almost out to midfield. It was third and three, and then a false start call put, the, put them back, put the mm-hmm. Tigers back third and eight. Yeah. Uh, one that Coach Brown really felt was the wrong call, and I think we can both say that we agreed with that sentiment. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it was a false start if they called a legal motion, but – It was uh, something offensive procedure penalty. Yeah. And it just – it didn't seem like the right call, especially since Coach Brown was so adamant that, that it wasn't. Um, yeah, he pulled out the iPad and went out there yeah. and was showing the referees, like, this is what we were doing. We've been doing this all night. You guys have not called this. Yeah. And uh, and the referees weren't having it. They were sticking to their guns. And certainly that third and three is a whole lot friendlier than third and eight, um, yeah. especially when you got some momentum going after a couple of first downs. Uh, 21 to seven at that point. Uh, just a final 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 thoughts. Uh, you know, credit to quarterback and running backs that everybody that handled that ran the ball for Athens Academy in that fourth quarter. They really got some tough yardages. They were breaking tackles. Uh, they kept the chains moving. Yeah. Probably not something that they're used to doing is grinding it out, just keeping the chains moving, keeping the clock working. We know they like to throw it around and mm-hmm. getting shootouts, but that's really kind of not what what was presented to them. And they adjusted to that and ended up winning the game. Um, they had some read plays that they ran a few times that I thought were executed just extraordinarily well for a high school team. Um, usually that quarterback running back read, I mean, he would keep it until it just seemed like it wasn't even possible for them to keep going right. with the read, and he would just tuck it right then and get, you know, seven, eight yards. And yeah. I, I, just, I was impressed with that. Uh, I mean, what, what can you say? Adams Academy is the number two team in private, in private single A, and the, I think they showed – pretty strong case of why they're the, they're so high yeah and and one more note about the tigers is that i really think that our special teams kept us in the game 
Um, that's one thing that we noted before the the season started was that we had some special teams. Gosh, this year. Bo Childers had some amazing. He points. saved a safety one time. He jumped up. You know, he's a big body, got a lot. Probably the biggest guy on the team. He jumped up really high and and saved an errant snap from going over his head and being a safety or a touchdown. And uh, he he booted a punt after that, and he he flipped the field. Uh, Diaz gave us some touchbacks, kept us in the game. Uh, really, that game could have been the score could have been forty five to nothing, but you know we the defense and special teams kept us in it. Yeah. So some some high notes there still. Obviously, yeah. the defense yeah. special teams scrapped it out. Uh, special teams will continue to be a strong suit for us. I really I'm super impressed with our with our both. Childers and Diaz, um, that's going to come in handy and later on in the season. I, I guarantee it. I only think that the offense will get better too. Yeah, I mean, with a game like this, of course, and with new quarterback, it look we're not too down. I mean, there's there's no reason to be. Yeah, you lose this the number two ranked team, <laughs> number two ranked team in private. You still got everything in front of you. You got the region championship in front of you. You still got everything is still in front of you, and it's good to schedule teams like that. Yeah, it's an that's early you, season. That's test. where that's where you'll need to be right yep. there if you want to make a run. So. Uh, Ultimately, the Tigers dropped this one 24-7 to the former and longtime Region 8A foe in Athens Academy at Slaughter Field this past Friday night. That does tie the overall series 14-14. Next year, the series lead will change hands at Commerce one way or the other. Athens Academy remains at number two in single-A private, even after uh, Eagles Landing took the 38-14 loss to Blessed Trinity. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to be fair, Blessed Trinity is number two ranked in Class 5A this season. So everyone stayed where they were. Commerce stayed at number seven. Last thoughts before we move to around the state. Uh, It's a tough night, but... I'm, re- I'm glad we got football again Friday night. That's right. We'll get the taste out of our mouths Friday night. <laughs> Let's move to Region 8A. A uh, little bit different on how we're going to do results. We'll start with Region 8A. We'll move to the top 10 in single A public, and then we will cover some single A public scores that are also of note before we move into the rest of the state. Region 8A, Greene County loses to Mary Persons, a 50-burger to zero. <laughs> uh, Lincoln County, a winner, 7-6 to six over Westside Augusta. Social Circle, a loser to Walnut Grove, 42-16. Towns County defeats Lumpkin County, 43-14. And Washington Wilts drops a 50-burger on Cross Creek, 52-0. So a couple of notes here. Um, Lincoln County wins 7-6 at Westside Augusta. Westside is a much bigger school, but Lincoln was a 21-point favorite, I think, in that game. So that's a little illuminating to the type of team that they have this year. Uh, Towns County, I don't know if I've ever seen a town score that lopsided. 30 points, and it's not a team, you know, that they would normally beat by 30 points. Right. Lumpkin is obviously having a down year. Seems like it. Um, but Towns Towns is hanging in there. Um, they get a win. Happy for those guys. Um, good, to, good to hear things going on in Region 8A. Yeah, keeping you updated in Region 8A there. Uh, obviously, the Washington Wilkes, I think we'll keep an eye on them. Uh, that's an impressive scoreline, even though maybe not the best opponent. Yep. Uh, we'll cover number one through number ten. Now let's start in alphabetical order. Charlton County defeating Long County to move into the Class A rankings, sitting at number ten. Their running back, Tony Cobb, rushed for 357 yards Ooh. and three touchdowns on Friday night. That is not a typo. 357 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns. Charlton County's running back, Tony Cobb. Irwin County drops back-to-back games. This time is to Cook High School. Um, first time they're at 0-2 since 2011. 
they found that they find themselves down to number five in the single A public rankings. Several starters were absent due to mandatory quarantine after exposure to COVID-19. Unranked Sly County defeats number two ranked Wilcox County 20 to 19 in that south kind of southwest Georgia game there. Sly County moves to number four and inside the top five for the first time in history. So that's a big result down there for Sly County. A lot of teams off last week in single A public. Uh, numbers one through three go Brooks County, Metter, and Macon County, all off last week. Number four, obviously mentioned previously, Sly County. Number five is Irwin County. Number six, Clinch County was off. The Tigers check in at number seven again this week. Number eight is Wilcox County after the big fall from number two after getting upset. Back-to-back cars here. What is going on? <laughs> Dublin is at number nine, falling one spot in their off week. Number 10 is Charlton. So falling out of the rankings there would be Turner County and Pelham. Any thoughts on the top 10? Uh, top 10 is going to shift a lot early season, um, but you're hearing a lot of names that we'll, we'll hear about in the playoffs. Um, a lot of good teams there in single A this year. Absolutely. Uh, some couple scores of note to mention outside the top 10 that we felt like were significant. ECI defeated Vidalia 14-8. to That's a good win for ECI over mm-hmm. the AA foe down there in southeast Georgia. Gordon Lee, 56-34 over Lafayette. Uh, they're making some noise over there in northwest Georgia. Gordon Lee is 3-0. and uh, They haven't won over five games since 2007 when they actually defeated the Tigers uh, for their sixth win in the first round of the state playoffs. Yeah, Gordon Lee um, is making some noise in north, northwest Georgia. And uh, we we follow north northwest Georgia on um, on Twitter, right? Yeah, they're, good Twitter account. account. And they're always updating us on all classifications in Northwest Georgia. And uh, seen a lot of recent Gordon Lee tweets. I think they've got three different running backs over there that have had some a really good start to the season. So maybe some big things coming out of the Northwest part of the state this year. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on Gordon Lee for everybody. Uh, if you can't hear that train right now, it is super loud. Boring. Uh, but it wouldn't be a commerce podcast without a train. Uh, Athens Christian defeated Oglethorpe County 20-6. to This is the first 3-0 start for the Eagles, the Athens Christian Golden Eagles, since 1995. East Jackson 23, Banks County 22. Close one at Homer. Yeah. Sounded like a barn burner between the Eagles and the Leopards uh, Friday night. I think that um, East Jackson won the game on a failed two-point conversion. Is that right? Something like that. Um, we were keeping up with it while we were at the academy game, but it's good good to hear that they got the victory. Um, yeah, another close one over in Hall County. We had Flowery Branch 29, Gainesville 22, two of the better teams in Hall County there. Uh, the Branch up to number eight in 4A. Uh, a little recap of that one really quickly. Gainesville scored with less than three minutes to play. They elected to go for two and the lead, and they get it, 22-21. to 21. Flower Branch scores with under a minute to play, led by a drive from quarterback David Menard, whose stat line of 373 yards, three touchdowns, along with the game-winning drive, that was good enough to earn him statewide Player of the Week honors, Player of the Week honors, courtesy of Georgia High School Football Daily. Wow! So a big game from the Flowery Branch quarterback there. Flowery Branch up to number nine in 4A, as mentioned. So we'll keep an eye on those guys over in Hall County. Yeah, and uh, Tiger fans will remember. The Flowery Branch head coach, um, shoot Ben Hall. Yeah, he was at Jefferson for a long time after McFerrin, and he was a great coach at Jefferson. And now he's he's returned to Flowery Branch. He coached at Flowery Branch before, and he's really elevated that program over there um, in Flowery Branch. Yeah, absolutely. Franklin County defeating East Hall thirty-one to twenty-one. That's a game we previewed 
last week and was on our pick'em as well. Franklin County's off to a 3-0 start for the first time in at least the last decade. We didn't go past 12 years, uh, <laughs> but they're off to a 3-0 start for the first time in a long time. Yeah, and uh, we looked a little bit at that region this for this year, and I think Franklin County's going to make the playoffs. I don't think they'll host, but uh, they got – they got a good start start over there in Carsville this year. Absolutely. Calhoun defeating Cedartown 14-7 up in northwest Georgia. They're up to number six in the 5A rankings. Number one, Grayson, defeats number six, Collins Hill. That's 28-7 in 7A action. Uh, Grayson asserting their dominance in 7A. They're probably the best team in the state is why I wanted to cover that one. Lowndes County is number two in mm. 7A, probably the second best team in the state. They defeated Oakleaf High from Florida, 37-17. to 17. Oak Leaf, a really good football program down there in Florida. I so think, Lowndes uh, County did defeat them 37-17. I think both of those teams are in the top ten nationally. Yes. Uh, 7A very strong, especially up top. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, Collins Hill was number six, and they, they beat them 28-7 this past Friday night. Madison County 21, Appalachie 10. Oconee County defeated Clark Central 24-7. to Oconee County will remain at number three and will have a bye week next week. Uh, this upcoming Friday night is a bye week for them, followed by a trip down south to play the number six ranked team in 2A, Thomasville. That'll be a good game. That will be a one we'll keep an eye on for sure. Clark Central drops out of the top ten in 5A after the loss to Oconee County. Raven County drops one at home to Jefferson in a highly anticipated battle mm-hmm. up in Clayton. Gunner Stockton, the Dragons had him bottled up completely. He was 8 of 20 with only 127 yards, 9 carries for 19 yards, a couple sacks thrown in there. Um, Jefferson scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns to break open the tight game. Uh, Starks for Jefferson, 157 yards and accounted for two touchdowns. Yeah, whoever gets Starks at a high school, <laughs> he's going to get a baller. He's had some incredible stat lines this early season. Absolutely. Uh, Raven County falls to number three in double-A. Jefferson, kind of surprisingly, still at number two in 4A. I thought that may be enough to bump him up to number one, but still at number two in 4A. Stevens County, 24. Jackson County, 10. Uh, Jackson County was up 10 to 9 at the half, mm-hmm. and a game we were keeping our eye on. Yeah. White County continues their winning ways against Pickens, 42-7. to uh, J. Ben Haynes, a guy that we've been covering all year, another huge stat line. I was telling, you know, talking before the show, this is like a vintage Florida, you know, <laughs> Vandy, Tim Tebow stat line. 15 of 26, 311 yards, two touchdowns. He also rushed for another 61 yards and three touchdowns. Yep. Uh, man, it'd be fun to go, get, go see him play just to mm-hmm. just see exactly what – what he has, White County up to number eight in AAA, and they will travel to undefeated Haversham Central this week. That'll be fun. Elbert County drops their game against Hebron Christian 23-7. Elbert uh, County, of course, is who the Tigers will see this Friday night at Ray Lamb Field. Any final thoughts on the results from this week, Mr. Song? So that, that last game you talked about, uh, Hebron Elbert, was one we wanted to keep our eyes on, and I, I think that might have probably went similar in a similar fashion to – what happened in Athens Friday night. The score is almost exactly the same, mm-hmm. but Hebron kind of has that, that offense that's pass often, um, get your athletes in space. they got a really good quarterback over there. And, and Elbert's more of a traditional uh, team like Commerce is. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, what's going to happen Friday night between Commerce and Elbert. Uh, a lot of people have kind of said that they think that Commerce will win the game. But I think it'll be closer than the experts think. 
Second pod will be dropping on Thursday. Of course, that will be the preview of all the games this Friday night, including Commerce and Elbert County in depth. Do stay tuned for that, um, as well as the other key matchups in our area and around the state. That's going to be it for us tonight, uh, signing off. Hope you you can catch this Wednesday or Thursday before we (laughs) – train horn. (laughs) Some kind of horn. That was weird. And that's it. I think that's how I think that's how we're going to end it. That might be the uh, that's the that they're they're playing us off. Until next time.